Now on the Business Radio X Network, it's the Self-Aware Leader Podcast with Coach and Vistage Chair, Linda Johns. Hello and welcome to our inaugural episode of the Self-Aware Leader Podcast, where we sit down twice a month with successful executives and talk to them about their leadership philosophies, how they have risen to high levels of success, and how they are now leveraging their Enneagram power to continue their growth journeys. I'm your host, Linda John, executive coach and certified Enneagram practitioner, and we are broadcasting from the Tucson Business Radio X studios in sunny Tucson, Arizona. Dr. Lori Phillips is my special guest for today's Self-Aware Leader podcast, proudly sponsored by Vistage Worldwide, the world's most trusted executive coaching and peer mentoring organization. We are talking today about leadership excellence in education. Our guest, Dr. Lori Phillips, has been in education for 30 years. She taught secondary English for 10 years and then assumed leadership positions in curriculum and instruction, as well as building leadership. For the past 15 years, Lori has served as middle school principal in Dallas Center and Grimes, Iowa. Lori received her PhD in educational leadership in 2019 and was named Iowa Middle School Principal of the Year in 2020. Lori is passionate about educating middle-level students, not only academically, but socially, emotionally, and behaviorally as well. Lori's next goal is to establish a world-class middle school for young adolescents within the community, and the new facility is scheduled to open in the fall of 2021. Welcome, Dr. Phillips. Hello, Linda. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this. We've been working with you and your team for the last few months now, and it's going to be just a really fun conversation to hear from you about your goals for your community and your uh, school, and also from your team about their Enneagram journey. So let's start with the fact that you were named the Middle School Principal of the Year for the state of Iowa this year. Wow, that is super impressive. Can you tell us a little bit more about this honor? Well, sure. My superintendent approached me and asked uh, for permission to nominate me. Um, he understands my passion for teaching the middle-level adolescents, where I've spent my entire career. And he um, considered me worthy for the award. So he, after nominating me, um, I had to get a couple of teacher references and uh, community references. And then I was interviewed in front of a group of my peers, and um, they narrowed it down. To I think three of us were interviewed, and then um, my peers, who are other middle school principals within the state, um, chose me to represent the middle school principals in Iowa. That is just fantastic. What an honor. Just out of curiosity, you know, in the interview, what kinds of things were they asking you, and what were your responses? You know, they really focused on strategic planning and my goals. How do I take a group of people and wrap them around a vision? Um, and, you know, what is my process of everything from hiring to sharing the vision to rallying people around that vision to execution. And so it is such a process and it's one that I've done for so many years. It becomes natural. And so it's easy to just get excited about that work. Um, but I do remember one of the things they asked me is what's next. And at that point, I was just learning about the Enneagram and learning about how you understand different people and their motivations. And I remember sharing with them, this is a, an avenue where I want to pursue. And now, we've, now that we've gone through the process, it's fun looking back a year later and thinking of how far we've all come uh, right. on this journey. right. Just spent an in-person with your team over the last several days after doing a lot of virtual coaching with the group. And wow, it just the uh, understanding of the Enneagram, which we'll talk a lot more about um, moving forward here. Um, your team is really just passionate about it, using it in their professional and personal lives. And hopefully you're really seeing how those contributions are helping your team and the big plans you have for the future. 
Absolutely. It was fun learning about our own personality styles, but the power really came when we meshed those personality styles into what our team personality style was. Mm -hmm. And being able to look at those reports, understanding our team dynamics, building goals from that, and walking out with true commitment mm -hmm. toward how that those goals are going to be seen in action. Right, exactly. Well, one more question about your interview uh, for this uh, honor of middle school principal of the year for the state of Iowa. Was there one special thing that you think you said that stood out as far as your general philosophy? You've already stated about how your big picture and your vision. What about just general philosophies? Anything that you would have shared in that interview that you think might have made you stand out a little bit? You know, the crux of teaching middle school students is not only loving them, but understanding it's more than just academic. You have to understand that you're teaching the whole child behaviorally, socially, mm -hmm. um, social, emotional. And there's only certain people that get that and know that each each area, social, emotional, is just as important as academic. Mm -hmm. It's just as important as behavioral. And being able to commit to that and, you know, having things like advisory group being the crux of what you do, super as important as science. Mm -hmm. It's teaching advisory and team building and belonging and um, all learning about oneself when they're between 13 and 15 years old. Um, mm -hmm. Those kinds of things, that's when you know you have somebody committed to middle school. Right. It sounds like a very holistic approach. And for somebody like me who does not come from your industry, um, it's fascinating to hear what goes on in the, the walls of those schools that really is approached with such vision and leadership in such a holistic manner. It's quite impressive. Well, there are so many businesses I hear that say, we can teach them how to operate in our business. We cannot teach them how to get along with others, how to work in a team, how to compromise. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, those soft skills are what our kids need to practice every day, especially when they're these awkward, awkward teenagers that don't know who they are and just want people to love them and understand them. Right, right. And we're actually in a very interesting time right now with the, you know, dealing with the global pandemic and all of the possibilities of how you do your work in, in a, a world of, of lots of safety concerns. Uh, can you share just a bit with us on what approach your school has taken with that? Sure. You know, on the, I'm going to remain on the topic of advisory because it's re presented us a real challenge this year with all of our students in masks. And actually, we only bring in half. So um, we call it the hybrid model. So having half of our students in advisory in masks presents quite the challenge for team building and cooperation and collaboration. Uh, but I was super excited. Just yesterday, I had a teacher come to my office and ask if he could present about socially distanced games that teach team building. And so wow. we actually spent an hour during professional development playing all of these catch the spy kind of games um, that were super fun. And it was good for us as a staff because we're all wearing masks and feeling right. different. But then for those teachers to take it back to their advisories and play and have fun with their kids and just smile and laugh. It's something we've needed since we began school at the end of August, oh, just to great. relax, laugh, and have fun and build those strong relationships. Wow, that's great. Well, we've mentioned it a couple times. You are getting ready to open a world-class middle school for your district. Can you tell us more about this exciting initiative that you've embarked upon and maybe a bit about the core values that are guiding your decision-making with this impressive undertaking? Sure. Uh, right now we have a structure where the sixth and seventh graders are in one building and our eighth and ninth graders are in another building. And um, I actually am the leader of the eight, nine school right now. So we, as we continue to grow, uh, we are now putting together our seventh and eighth graders. So it's the task of breaking up really two staffs who have meshed together and taking the seventh grade away from that school and the eighth grade away from where I'm working and then having them mesh together, kind of like the whole survivor scenario. Uh, yeah. Um, super excited because the teachers who are coming um, are, are all de dedicated to what middle school 
means. Mm -hmm. We follow the National Middle School Association model. Okay. Um, there are uh, there are components from the This We Believe, Now We Must Act research, all came from the Turning Points research, but the This We Believe kind of puts it in actionable um, terms for us. And there's actually a new edition coming out in October when we attend the National Middle School Conference. So we're excited to get that new edition. But that is like our, that is our base. Mm -hmm. And we all are committed to that. We know that the things in the This We Believe, those elements are there are non-negotiables. Mm -hmm. And so we know this makes a world-class middle school. We refer to that often. And um, and then we also have operating principles, like how do you handle a dispute or a disagreement or whatever. And so between the operating principles and that base of the this we believe, we are able to solve problems and make decisions through a process and not through emotion. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, you know, it, it, change is hard. Change is hard for mm -hmm. people, but being able to have those two processes in place and then having our leadership team go through the Enneagram and understand each other and walk out with right. that commitment is just the third element we needed yes. to go in and just rock this thing and bring in all the ideas and put them into action. That's really great. Out of curiosity, what's happening to the sixth and the ninth graders? <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> the sixth grade will become a five, six building okay. and kind of be that intermediate school. Mm -hmm. And the ninth will go back to the high school. However, it's been super exciting because the ninth grade has approached um, the district leadership and asked that they can kind of be in that ninth grade transition center. They've understand the importance of ninth grade. That's where our kids that maybe are at risk or that's where they kind of drop out mentally, even if mm -hmm. not physically, they're kind of, you know, we've, we've seen that through studies that ninth grade is a crucial year so they don't want to give up the advisory they don't want to give up the teen time um they don't want to give up the the outreach and community support and service learning and all those really strong elements that we've put in place mm -hmm. um, during our time as an eight nine building i think it's been eight years yeah that's that's interesting well one of the things i've gleaned out of your response that let me just ask if this is correct when i hear you talk about some of your core values one of the things that's really resonating for me as, as I'm listening to your response is that you don't make decisions on emotion. You look at research and you get input from a lot of different sources and, and you follow models and standards. Do I have that correct? You do. And, you know, that's well known among our staff here. They, they will tell each other, you know, like if a new staff member comes on. They'll say, you can have just about anything you want. Lori will find the resources, but you have to have the student data to back it up. Mm -hmm. How is this going to improve student learning? Mm -hmm. Now, we know that risk-taking is super important. So it's not all, we're going to try it, mm -hmm. and we're going to know that there's good research that shows it probably will work. But we're also okay with failure because, mm -hmm. you know, where would we be, you know, if we knew we couldn't fail? And that's kind of our motto that, in fact, we have that motto in every classroom. What, would, what could you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? And so go for it. Try it. But also have that data that shows this is a good idea and here's why. So I'm hearing that some level of risk-taking is to balance off that research as part of your core values. Absolutely. And that it's okay not to be successful every time. However, your general trend line has to be towards success. Right. Otherwise, we need to back up and, and, look, you, and look at the research that caused the problem in the first place. Yeah. And I'm sure that you're using those, what you call failures, as learning opportunities. What did work from this and what could we learn from it? You know, that's a really good point. Success and failure are never black and white. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if we consider it that didn't work out great, there are things about it that probably did. Mm -hmm. So how do we glean from those, look at and build from the, where it was successful? It's never all right or all wrong. It's mm -hmm. what can we learn from this experience and take that to even be better. Wow, that is just great. And I'm hearing so much about your leadership style and how you approach you know, leading your team and uh, the, you know, the students and rallying everyone around. And you, I, I'm hearing an element of fun in there as well. Definitely have to have fun. Every day there has to be smiles and fun. And that's probably been the most, this year has been the most challenging with our COVID challenges and the masks and the hybrid mm -hmm. and just the social distancing. 
we have had to intentionally look for the fun, but we've made it happen. I love it. Well, let's transition a little bit here and talk about your work with Linda John Consulting. And um, as you know, uh, our group works with high-performing executives who are at the crossroads of something we call what was and what could be. And we look for leaders who are not intimidated or fearful of massive change impacting their organizations, but instead are energized by the possibilities that are waiting to be harvested in the next chapters of their success and have chosen to work with us to lean in hard to the question of what could be. And it was under that premise that you approached me uh, to bring work to your leadership team, um, and we used the Enneagram-based team development process for you to help get ready with opening this world-class middle school for your district. It seems that like right now a lot of the people approaching us are dealing with change that wasn't necessarily planned. Yours is unique in that this was very much planned change uh, for you. And so as we move forward in our conversation, we will be meeting with some of those team members that are part of that process. But before we do that, um, I'm really interested to know from you what initially intrigued you about the Enneagram enough to want to bring it to your team? Sure. So when I first heard about it, it was the free assessment. And um, I think I even found it online. We'd been doing Myers-Briggs and just different. We really encourage teachers to use interest inventories and all kinds of different things. And so it was just that through a Google search, I see the Enneagram and I do the I did the free assessment. And which, by the way, is not even close to what we've been through now. Um, but that was my first little taste of it. And then upon further looking through, um, I think it was LinkedIn, I found you, Linda, and uh, gave you a, a call. But at that time, you were working mostly with businesses. And I wasn't sure if it was a fit for education. And so through a lot of conversation with you of what I was looking for and how does that process, how, why the process is so important. And it's just exactly, I told you, you know, how we have our operating principles and we have our base of research, but as far as the people piece, mm -hmm. that's what I was missing. Mm -hmm. And you showed me how the Enneagram process along with your individual and team coaching could help us um, and really provide that third element that I needed. And so I took a risk mm. and I mean, thank goodness I did. It was, a, it was an amazing risk. And, um, you know, now a year later, looking back, I'm just, I feel we are more ready than ever to take on this challenge. And what did you learn that, about your Enneagram type? What type are you? Well, I wasn't surprised. I am a type seven and I think of type seven as the fun type. And so, um, I do love to have fun. Sometimes, you know, I have to bring myself back to, okay, get back to the mission and vision. Um, but just that fun, spontaneous, visionary um, leader, which which uh, sometimes I felt like um, this process was fortune telling because they were just like, that is me. Or you would show, give me instances of what a seven is. It's like, I can completely relate. So um, th that's been fun to learn that that is my type, not just the way I think I am. And let me just say, that's great. I love your reflection on your type. It's always fun to hear what people like most about their type. Um, just to do a little backup, because this is our inaugural episode, um, for those that aren't familiar with the Enneagram, it is an archetypal system of nine different types that basically not so much put people in a box of their type, but sort of show them what their main tendencies are, how they're wired, so to speak, and then all the strategies to integrate to the strengths of the other types that they're not, uh, but they still have access to. And so we'll get more into that. So, you know, what happens under stress in your Enneagram type? What, how can your wings help to get you through a specific challenge? And so we'll be talking in a lot more depth about all the different aspects of the Enneagram. Um, but... For now, let's move on to a little bit more about you, Lori, with your work with the Enneagram. And, you know, one of the things I love best about the Enneagram is that it's such a powerful tool for self-awareness. And in a recent study conducted by Cornell University, researchers found that the single strongest predictor of overall executive and leadership success 
is a high level of self-awareness. And honestly, we found no better solution to help both individuals and teams grow in self-awareness than, a, than this tool that's known as the Integrative Enneagram. So I would like to know from you, and I will be asking each of your team members as well, what for you was the most impactful self-awareness moment? We call it the aha moment. The light bulb goes on uh, when you went through this process. And how did you leverage that for your own personal growth and that of your team? There were several aha moments. Um, there were several times that I felt like I was going through maybe my own personal therapy because I was like, this is exactly. But there were also things like um, one of the one of the challenges of a seven um, is follow through. Mm-hmm. And I can really see that with myself. I, I, I really feel like I'm good about not being a jumping on every bandwagon that comes along. But I do want to make sure that I take things through to the end. Mm-hmm. That when I have a good idea or somebody else brings me an idea usually, and we work to put it into action and continue to let it build and evolve. Right. When it's going well, I, maybe I just go on to the next thing. And it's just easy to move on instead of complete follow through and making sure that it's become a part of what we do. And so it, it doesn't appear that I'm unfocused or disorganized or a bandwagon jumper that and then I can see things through to the end. And that whole self-awareness, I think about it now, in every, whether it's a little project or a big project, have I hit every detail before I move on to the next big idea? That's excellent. And as we did your team assessment, uh, which basically we put every all of the eight people on your leadership team um, into the computer, all of their answers to the assessments, it all gets mixed together and comes out with what style of Enneagram your team is in this approach that we do. And what did you learn from that? Well, our team was also a seven, um, right. which I loved because, <laughs> because that was mine as well. And I know that I have a really fun team that's spontaneous and that loves middle school kids. And I just feel super excited about the strengths that we have. Um, as you know, this will be my building leadership team when we move on mm-hmm. um, to that. But then also recognizing the challenges of us as a team. Can we follow through? Um, another challenge is maybe sometimes we appear to be insensitive um, or maybe exclusive. And, you know, so this is the team. But how do the other staff members feel, you know, that that this team is getting all these training opportunities and learning and self-awareness and they're not. And so mm-hmm. um because I'm conscious of that, I find other ways to make the other staff members feel important. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know if I would gone to those efforts had I not known that one of my challenges is that insensitivity or maybe lack of some follow through. How was how that actually uh, a self-awareness moment for you? Were you already aware of that or did that really come clear through the assessment? You know, I wasn't aware of it. I knew that my secretary helped me remember birthdays. And, and, and like if somebody's dog died, yeah. I mean, that's how we started every morning, you know, like, don't forget this, this, this. And I always thought she'd be really nice, but I think she recognized it in me far before I recognized it in myself. Like she knew that I do. I just thought, yeah, give me the list so I can, you know, remember those things. But I mean, if somebody tells me their dog died, I should remember that. But I'm always going on to the next thing. And you know, yeah. I, so yeah, so just being aware of that um, has helped me slow down, <laughs> maybe write things down, sure. even reflect on my way to work of what staff members are struggling in what areas so that sure. I can and, and not not be superficial, but really be empathetic to what they're going through. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I love that. And, you know, I think one of the beauties of Enneagram with teams, which is really what we're talking about in my work with you, is that you can really look at um, your type and what other types will help balance the challenges of your type. And so your story about your secretary, um, do you happen to know what her Enneagram type is? I don't. I would love to know. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing she's probably a type two, the considerate helper who's often thinking of, of others. Um, and so that's great. But we did have an aha moment, if I can share that, with um, sure. you and another person on your team who's type six really balanced out your type seven or does balance out your type seven. And that became an awareness through some of our work as a group. Are you um, able to share that story with us? 
Well, absolutely. That's been the most impactful part of how it actually changed um, my job as far as working with another person. Um, the assistant principal is a six, and I would become extremely frustrated when I would come to him with an idea and he would tell me 15 ways that it, w- that it wasn't gonna, going to work <laughs> in, my, in my mind, in my perception, yeah. um, or, because he would be asking me questions, and I felt like I would have to defend the idea. Uh-huh. And now, on a daily basis, he will be like, that's just my six coming out, Lori, <laughs> or I see your seven coming out. Um, I mean, it happened again today. And, uh, you know, when we were talking through the details of, of the bus evacuation, actually, but I'm thinking um, we had a boy, a behavior boy who um, wasn't going to get PE due to the block schedule hybrid model. Mm-hmm. And so he said, hey, Mrs. Phillips, can I just run around the building? And I said, oh, sure. You know, go ahead. Just check in with me when you get back in the building. And the, my assistant principal said, you mean he went alone? <laughs> I said, well, like we're out in the country. What's going to happen? Well, he could run in the street. Oh, no, he's 15 years old, you know. I mean, and he kept giving me all the reasons that he should have been supervised. And, I mean, looking back, I know people listening are probably like, heck, yes, he should have been supervised. (laughs) The six is definitely wrong. (laughs) It's one building. Just run around and come back in and tell me you made it, you know. Uh Uh-huh, right. but he was thinking worst case scenario and, you know, I mean, and understanding that about each other has yes. helped grow our relationship so much. And then yeah. the guidance counselor is a two. And so she's always the peacemaker between the two of us. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the twos are always trying to help. They don't necessarily like conflict. They, they're trying to help the situation help others um, get to what they need. And so that makes sense. We, we will be talking in a bit to um, a type nine on your team that actually has the title, the adaptive peacemaker. And so it'll be inter- interesting to hear um, how, how your type nine plays into all of that as well. But really what you've described is what I call the, the secret sauce of the Enneagram. And that is, it's this common language and understanding that once you've gone through the process of self-awareness, and then in your case as a team, you learn about others. And so you have self-awareness plus other awareness, and all of a sudden you get into conflicts of situations, you have a team connectedness through the Enneagram that gives you common language and the ability to work through in a much more peaceful um, way. Wouldn't you say that's true for you? Without a doubt. And, you know, I feel like we're just getting started. Um, you know, the more we continue and, and I don't know, I'm excited to maybe bring more members on or fill our gaps where, where there's just so many now possibilities mm-hmm. to continue moving this forward. That is the thing about the Enneagram. It is complex. There's layers and layers. And as long as we've worked together, of three months, there's still so much that we haven't dug deep into as well. Um, and every time you peel back that next layer, you just kind of have this, oh, wow, this will be so great. So uh, we are enjoying a great conversation with the 2020 Iowa Middle School Principal of the Year, Dr. Lori Phillips. She is sharing her story of leadership success at Dallas Center Grimes Meadows School, and she is joined by three members of her leadership team, all of them ready to talk about their team development work with the Integrative Enneagram. We will meet them and continue our conversation with Dr. Lori Phillips as well right after this short message. Hope you're enjoying the show. You're listening to Linda John, Executive Coach and VISTA Chair here in Tucson. Hi, Linda. Hi, Mark. Well, Vistage Worldwide, why is it the world's most trusted executive coaching and peer mentoring organization? Well, Vistage has been around for more than 60 years, helping over 24,000 people in 22 countries make better decisions, become better leaders, and achieve better results for their companies, families, and communities. Mm. You see, Vistage uses a time-tested and proven issue processing model, which is a structured, thorough, and efficient approach to tackling members' most pressing challenges while optimizing their biggest opportunities. Well, it seems like that members uh, push beyond assumptions then and get to the real issues, Linda, helping them to better understand and to evaluate options, I guess, before making decisions. That is correct, Mark. And in addition to the peer advisory group meetings, 
Vistage also provides individual coaching to help executives clarify goals, develop plans to achieve them, and then hold them accountable for taking positive steps toward achieving those goals that they've identified. Well, executives, it sounds too good that you cannot afford not to look at this, okay? You can be part of the powerful group simply by contacting Linda, your Vistage chair and executive mentor. Now, this is uh, her email, direct address. Write this down. Linda.john at vistagechair.com. Linda, L-I-N-D-A dot John, J-O-H-N at vistagechair.com. And then, Linda, what happens? And then next we will talk about your vision for what could be and get you on the road to becoming a better leader, making better decisions, and getting better results for your business, family, and community. Linda.John at VistageChair.com. We are back with Dr. Lori Phillips, the 2020 Middle School Principal of the Year for the State of Iowa, And we've been doing some extensive work with her leadership team, utilizing a tool called the Integrative Enneagram. As they prepare to embark upon the development of a world-class middle school for young adolescents within their community. The new facility is scheduled to open in the fall of 2021. Lori, you are meticulous about selecting the leaders for your team. That's obvious through my work with you. And we are about to meet a few of them, which I'm super excited about. What do you believe, before we do that, are the most important core values for successful leaders working with you to achieve great things for educating middle-level learners? Uh, The number one thing would be the focus on kids. I need to hear that they love young adolescents. They love to teach middle school. Um, Another a uh, strong element when I interview is that they are committed to processes and research, uh, that we don't make decisions on whims. Uh, and I think the third one would be just the flexibility, spontaneity, and the fact that they like to have fun. Um, you know, we are going to always be faced with challenges and we need to be able to be flexible and look at the bright side of things. And in the end, it's all about the kids. That's great. And As I worked with your team and the prioritization was being done through the culture planning and all of that, it was just fascinating how that really shot to the top by a great margin. And I I believe you 100% because of that. And and I think that's probably the way it should be. So let's bring on Sally. Uh, Sally Brown is the 8-9 English teacher for the Dallas Center Grimes Schools. For 13 years, Sally Brown has worked in middle-level education as a language arts teacher, instructional coach, and curriculum facilitator. She has been a member on all building and district leadership teams at some point in her career. She holds a master's degree in educational administration from Iowa State University and is currently in the process of earning her second master's degree. Hello, Sally. Hi. Sally, great to have you join us today, and it's been great working with you and your team as we explore the Enneagram. I know you've had a lot of fun with it. Why don't you share with us what is your Enneagram main type, and what are your favorite qualities of that type? So I, like Lori, am a type 7, which I was excited, I think, to find out because I thought it fit me really well. That's the enthusiastic Um, visionary. Yeah, and I think my favorite things about it or the things that I relate to the most from it um, are like thinking big picture, trying to um, incorporate like really special and magical moments into our school, mm-hmm. and also just being like consistently passionate and optimistic. Yeah, those are all great type seven qualities. And I'm sure having. Lori, be a type seven as the leader too. I can only imagine some of the conversations the two of you get into (laughs) about the possibilities for the future. Yeah. I mean, that is a really exciting thing um, about our relationship, I think, is that we we do. Like we talk about all the fun ideas and just it's so fun to brainstorm. And um, (laughs) yeah, it's super fun. Yeah. And then you bring them to the type six 
assistant principal and he probably feels a little overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then it becomes, you know, it comes a little more down to earth and then we find the path. Yeah. yeah. And it was so great. You know, when, when he was commenting on that, you know, he sees himself more as the realist. So you have these great ideas, um, these aspirations that are big picture and, you know, you know, no restrictions, so to speak. But then you bring in those other types and their thinking to the process brings it down to what what's realistic here and what really does make sense. And so hopefully you've been able to see how that Enneagram shows up in those team discussions as well. Yes, it, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, it has impacted our team um, completely. It has been a really fun process. How would you say, speaking of that, that the Enneagram training specifically has strengthened your team? Um, I think that everybody on our team is a leader and an influencer. And I think that, you know, our colleagues see us in that way. And now um, we just have like this common language to talk about what that looks like for each of us. And it's helped us understand each other and our own roles on the team so much more and be able to support each other and sort of fill in the gaps that we might have. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all are so passionate about middle level education and kids that it's just cool to see how that um, shows up in all the different, you know, personalities that we have on our team. Right. And that the, the passion and the mission is like the same for everyone. It just, you know, it shows up a little bit differently and um, it's cool to see each other's tendencies and how we can kind of support each other and fill in the gaps that we have. Yes. That's so great. One of the things we talked about in the, the team Enneagram workshop is motivation versus behavior. If you remember that. And so, you know, when you talk about, Um, the motivation for all of you, you know, it is about, it's all about the kids. That's where you, but you're coming from it from your different Enneagram styles. Um, And so that's, that's a really great point. I would love for you to share one story that you have at top of mind about your self-awareness with the Enneagram. Again, I mentioned that self-awareness has been shown to be one of the top uh, traits for effective leaders. So what was one self-awareness moment that you had with the Enneagram? So I know that I'm really passionate about middle school kids and just middle school education, but I think this process made maybe like my non-negotiables stand out to me even more Mm -hmm. than they already did. Um, I was able to work with a guest, um, to our school who wasn't really familiar with our middle school philosophy and just middle school philosophy in general Mm -hmm. and our passion and our beliefs for belonging and relationship building and just doing the right things for middle school kids. And I think my go-to as a seven is to be really enthusiastic and encouraging and life is good. Um, But if someone is like not on the same page as us and our beliefs, I know and I've realized that I can get very defensive um, about that and just I've noticed that. And so I found that I kind of need to go to my wing. We talked about this in our training, go to my wing, my eight and Uh be more of a confident leader and do some direct teaching and reinforcing for our, you know, like why we have the passion that we do and that it's not by accident and it's not by chance. And, um, you know, it was just something I can't overlook and mm-hmm. be enthusiastic about it with, with someone who, um, I guess doesn't get it. And so yeah. I have to go to kind of teaching them, I guess, and, and flip, like consciously flip the switch to, yeah. to do that. That's great. I mean, because that is the beauty of the Enneagram. It's understanding where you live as your main type, which is the enthusiastic visionary. I mean, it's great. And you're, you know, thinking of the future and all of that. But what you're basically saying is when something is sort of hitting you wrong and you can't be enthusiastic, then your, your decision is how do I handle this in the most, in the healthiest way? And you learn about how you have access to the different types. And in your case, you are able to access the type eight because it's the wing for the type seven and the type eight is the confident leader. And so you kind of can just toggle in your brain. I need to turn up, dial up my confident leader right now and share what's right. And a little bit of that might also be 
as your line of stress goes to the type one strict perfectionist, you can toggle to the top of that. If the true north answer here is this, culture doesn't happen by accident, it's intentional, and let me help you understand our culture. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's just, um, it has become like a toggle for me of, and you know, if I find myself getting, I don't know, feeling just like really loyal and passionate and getting kind of defensive about our beliefs or, or what, you know, we would say is right. right. Um, I have to, instead of, you know, being defensive or combative, um, I have to just like change my approach a little bit. Can I just ask you out of curiosity, when you've done that, because all of this is an experiment, you know, we're trying to figure out how do we get better outcomes for situations that we're in that don't feel comfortable? How do we get the best outcome? And it's kind of an experiment with the Enneagram. How has that worked for you? And how do you feel after you've done that sort of stretch to the healthy one or tapping, dialing up your type eight wing? How do you feel afterwards? Well, I, I mean, really, you nailed it. It's like, it, it, I actually feel better. I think that with that approach, then I probably would be if I'm just getting defensive. And so I think it's um, worthwhile for me and the person that I'm talking to because, mm-hmm. right. um, you know, I feel better about the approach instead of just maybe getting upset or defensive about it. Um, and then, you know, I mean, I feel like we're finding more common ground when, yeah. when I'm able to change my approach that way. Yeah, that's that's so great. I feel, I, if I remember right, when we were talking about you experimenting with that, you're like, wow, this stuff really works. I felt so great. Like, it worked. <laughs> yeah, it did. It totally, it totally worked. I yeah. mean, it, it got results. And, you know, as educators, that's what we are looking for all the time is the results. And yeah. um, so it, it has been really cool. And then it gets easier the next time and the next time and the next time. And you can you tap back. It's not as much effort and energy each time. So... Um, how about sharing one more story with us um, about your other awareness through the Enneagram, your team awareness? What did you learn about the team? Um, one thing that I was thinking about our team is that um, I know that I, I mean, I guess knowing myself well enough now that I don't always kind of live at the seven and that I'm able to go to wings and like, um, you know, access these other parts of um you know, how I operate. I mm-hmm. remember that, I guess, about my team and that we all can be kind of chameleons a little bit. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to box anyone into their type, but it's kind of fun to just at least be aware of their tendencies mm-hmm. and to know maybe what they gravitate toward and how they, you know, maybe their instincts, but knowing that we all kind of have other, um, you know, things that we access about ourselves too. Um, that has been pretty neat. Then everyone has a role. It's just so cool that we are all a little bit different and we all just have kind of um, been a neat thing to see in our leadership team of just everyone has their, their place and their kind of, um, you know, different mentality and how they approach things. That's great. Do you feel like it's come clearer for you through the work with the Enneagram? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just, I mean, how we line up with our numbers and how, you know, the, the, the examples that we're all able to share with each other about the things that we do that are really, you know, healthy and exciting. And then the things you know, the way, the things that come out of us when we're under stress, um, it's just given us a new understanding for, for each of us and just how we function as a team. That's great. Thanks so much, Sally, for sharing your insights about the Enneagram with us. We're going to move from language arts to math. <laughs> and we are joined by Caitlin Salentic. Hello, Caitlin. Hi, Linda. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. Now, Caitlin's someone that was intrigued by the Enneagram some 15 years ago. I'm sure she'll share some of that with you. And so she came to our team uh, engagement with a really good base knowledge of it. So uh, she was uh, really digging in deep to additional resources. And I'm going to introduce you to her formally first, and we'll hear more from her. Caitlin is a middle school math teacher of over 10 years in the Dallas Center Grimes Community School District, where she serves on the building leadership team and leads the math professional learning community. 
Caitlin has a bachelor's degree in mathematics and education from Central College and a master's degree in school counseling from Drake University. So Caitlin, let's jump right into it. What is your main Enneagram type and what are your favorite qualities of that type? All right. So my Enneagram type is a one, which means that I'm motivated by um, wanting to do good and to do the right thing and to be right. And um, yeah, just to strive for improvement. Mm -hmm. And so like Linda mentioned, I started to get interested in the Enneagram when I was in college and a lot of our friends, we were trying to type each other, which going through a actual Enneagram training, we know is exactly what you should never do to, <laughs> to anyone to try to type them. And so that's what's been so awesome about going through going through this program with you is that, um, you know, there, you, you take the test, but then you get to talk through it, you know, and, and say like, you know, it's not a for sure thing um, necessarily, although it is very accurate. Is it 95%? 95% accurate, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's very, very accurate, but there's still that little part about we need to talk through this mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, collect a little more information. So a lot of my friends were typing me as a two, which would make sense because that's kind of my go-to wing yeah. to come across as a helper. Um, but when it really comes down to it, what really motivates me would be um, just really that dedication to improving both myself and others and the systems around me. Um, and so some of the things I, I like about being a one would be my work ethic, uh, my organization, and especially as a teacher, I really like um, my strong, the strong principles that I have about what we need to do that's right for kids. Mm -hmm. And I think we've heard both Lori and Sally talk about that a lot. And I think, again, that's what makes us work so well in a team is like that we have really those core beliefs about all kids can learn and the social emotional is so important. And um, yeah, and those are just like guiding me at all yes. times. Like we've talked about the team more. Yeah, no, that's great. And you know, the one of the labels for a type one is strict perfectionist, which just sounds really, really you know, rigid. Really and, fun. No. <laughs> and I would say that would be more at the unhealthy levels of it. I love the fact that you're using the word improver a lot because that's another label, so to speak, for the type one is the improver. And I like to also say, you know, the true north or that compass. And you're, you're, I'm hearing you say the word guiding principles. And really with the type ones, they, they just know the way. And uh, they go that way, and, they, and they're great leaders because of that as well. I feel like I don't think I have anything right now. Okay, that's okay. Sometimes, good. you know, you worry about sometimes as being a one, saying the right thing and yeah. doing things, you know, and we're kind of hard on ourselves sometimes. I think that's right. another thing to just always mention about too, so. Yeah, yeah, and you've shared that with the team through some of this. It's just if I'm appearing hard on myself, that's towards myself, not, not you. And yeah. And that's yes. so true as well. Well, how would you say the Enneagram has helped you both individually and as a team in your conflict or difficult conversations? Well, so I would say one of the things um, that is sometimes as a one is that sometimes you can take conflict and different things. You can take those kind of personally. And as a group, when um, I understand, well, this is, you know, this is how you feel motivated as a seven, as a nine, as a two, as a six you know, I understand where you're coming from and I don't have to take things quite as personally. Yeah. And, um, and as, you know, as a one wanting to be good, wanting to be right, um, it's helped me to think about moving beyond criticism mm -hmm. um, because I, I, sometimes that can be really difficult in conflict because I, you know, you might feel like you're being criticized and to remember that no one is, um, no one's criticizing, but that it's just all a part of the process and, it's almost fun to just kind of make a joke about things sometimes. Well, it's like, oh, sorry, I'm being a one, yeah. or you know, sorry. <laughs> yeah, again, you know, that... I, was going to my, I was going to my stress side, and yeah. so it just kind of lightens the mood a little too. Right, that common language that does help diffuse a lot of that, and even the self awareness, like, oh, this is happening, toggle, toggle. You know, <laughs> um, yes. that's great. How about um, a self awareness story? Speaking of that, that you've experienced through the Enneagram. We've talked, sometimes we'd say like, oh, and a self-awareness story, we're like all day, every day, it's a self-awareness story. But um, I mentioned sometimes I often find myself judging um, or disappointed when I feel like I've made a mistake or something didn't go as well as I hoped that it would. Um, and so through the Enneagram, I, I realized how this can come across to others. Like we mentioned that um, when I'm judging myself, that maybe others feel as though I'm judging them or that I don't think that they're good enough or um, you know, I'm constantly sharing about like, oh, try this recipe, read this book, do this training, try, you know, and it's like, 
that they can come across to others as like, well, do you think there's something wrong with me? Like, am I, but it's just a constant desire to just want to improve and to, um, to, yeah, and to train. And so, um, I think that that's been good for me to share with my teammates, with my family, with, um, you know, that it's, that that's just part of what, what makes me tick that is just thinking about those things. I'm also, um, I know that I talked about like the, you know, being afraid of not doing the right thing or being afraid of, um, of failure. Mm -hmm. And so it's so fun to hear, you know, Lori talked about, you know, not being, you know, that we want to make sure that we're doing what we would do if we thought we couldn't fail. And so having a team that is supportive, you know, that we have a leader who's a seven, we have a team that's a seven. I know exactly where to go when I need that support. Um, yeah, to not be afraid. Yeah, that's got to be very freeing for a type one to have that kind of permission to go a little bit out of the lines. And I will say that when we're talking about uh, lines, the type one has a line of growth or release to the type seven. So you do have access to that more visionary, future-oriented, playful side as well. Do you see that in yourself? I do. And um, I know sometimes the people closest to me, they'll say, Caitlin, when you're fine, you're really, really fine. And then they can just end, they can just end the, set, the statement there. They don't have to say the next part. Right. So, but, <laughs> you know, but definitely, I think that um, when you have, have others who are encouraging me, it's easy to, yeah, to feed off of that for me, mm. um, to just want to, yeah, like think about ideas and get excited. And yeah. um, definitely, I love I love my line of, of release and my my line of stress is to go to a four which I'm learning ways to come to the higher side of that and to find my creativity as well yeah so so the four type four is the intense creative and the one does have a a direct line to that as well so I always make the joke that sevens have a lot of type one friends because they give them permission to just like let their hair down a little bit. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> That's great. Well, how about one more story um, that you have about other awareness or team awareness with the Enneagram? So I would say in both my personal and my professional life, I work really closely with nines. And mm-hmm. it might be it might be kind of expected sometimes of nines that they're super easygoing. And when you're a one and I strive. Sometimes I'd like to think of myself as easygoing, but sometimes I'm just not. I have to understand that I can be a little bit high strung. <laughs> and um, yeah, and so I, you wouldn't always describe the one and the nine as compatible, but I've just started to see so many benefits that the nines in my life have, have brought to me, mm-hmm. um, just mainly because they help me be less critical. They help me be less serious. And to go to that, you know, even though they're not sevens, they help me go to that, that, you know, yes. line of release to the seven. Yes. And I like to think that as a one that I bring to the nines in my life, that I help bring them priorities and um, to give them some direction. And I hope that the nines in my life would say that as well. So that's really insightful. And the uh, nine, of course, is the adaptive peacemaker. And it's a perfect segue. Thank you so much for your insights, Caitlin. And we're going to yes, transition you, now to our house type nine, (laughs) Jim Shutt. And it's a spoiler alert. Sorry, Jim, I gave away your type. Let me formally introduce you and then we'll talk a little bit more about your type nine. Jim Shutt has taught vocal music for more than 30 years. He received his undergraduate degree from Luther College and his Master of Arts in Effective Teaching and Principal Licensure from Viterbo University. Mr. Shutt is currently an instructional coach in the Dallas Center Grimes School District. He directs the High School Musical and Impulse Show Choir and co-directs the High School Musical each year. He has taught all levels K through 12 of vocal choral music in schools, churches, and private lessons. He is also artistic director of Iowa Youth Chorus. Mr. Shutt and his wife, Barb, a literature consultant for the Heartland AEA, live in Grimes, and both of their children are music directors in the state of Iowa. Wow, lots of music and creativity uh, going um, through there. Definitely a musical family. And um, during this pandemic, we um, did little um, bleeps and fun songs every night just to try to relieve all of, um, all of the things that we were going through. So it was great to have all of our family together for that. I love that. That is so great. Well, we already gave away that you are a type nine as your main type, the adaptive peacemaker. What are your favorite qualities of that type, Jim? Um, so 
the most important one probably is my ability to listen to people. And um, I really found out something about that, that I knew that I always liked to listen to people, but this gave me like some assurance that that was okay. <laughs> um, and uh, the other thing is that I really do take on everybody's point of view. And I kind of like, I will agree with something that somebody says because I believe that because they're, <laughs> making me believe it but anyway i love to listen to everybody's point of view and um then try to be like the glue to um to put everything together or to make sure that um our teams are working together and if they're not able to um see forward motion i'm there to like get that little push to make sure that everybody keeps moving forward I love it. Now, I remember back to when we were first learning about the Enneagram with your team, and I was going through each of the nine types, and your comment was, I can relate to all of these. <laughs> and, you know, that is true about a type nine, because as you mentioned, you really can understand all points of view and ways of looking at things. And because of that, the type nine is sometimes one of the hardest types uh, to actually get right. Uh, but we, we did go through that with you, and, and it all made sense once we got a little bit deeper into it. But I, I do remember your, your comment about that. Do you want to comment on that? Oh, I totally remember, because I remember doing, you were talking about all the different things, and you were like, now try to think about what you, you know, what are the characteristics that, you know, belong to you? And, and you, I think you started out with, um, eight or nine and it was like yep i'm that and then you went to one and it was like yeah i think i'm like that too and by the time we were through the first five it was like i think i'm like three of five three or four out of those five and so it was really confusing to me and um i didn't know what number i was but i'm glad i'm a nine so yes and that is so great and one of the things about your particular um the, so the nine sit at the top of the enneagram and um without getting too deep into it there uh, if you if you if folks that are listening would Google the Enneagram figure, they'll see that there's a triangle that sits in the middle of the circle of the nine types. And you happen to have a, a, the strongest three types for you are the three, six, nine triangle within the Enneagram circle, which is somewhat unique. I love seeing that. It feels to me very foundational, holding up the team, holding up the whole Enneagram. What, how, how do you see that triangle working for you? Yeah. So um, I love looking at um, the number three, because I love a good list. I like to be able to check something off and get it done. And so that's the organizational part of number three coming off. Um, it allows me to be very fulfilled and, you know, finish something. Um, but there's that dark side to the number six that when I go to that, um, I realize that there are sometimes that I just like dig my feet in and um, just am very very um not good to be with and i'm not really proud of that <laughs> so um i've loved this process because it's made me aware of that yes. and so um hopefully in the future if that if i can see that happening um i'm gonna be able to catch myself and do something about it yes. so that i it's just given me a really great understanding of like yeah that's why i do these things yes. i mean <laughs> It's just incredible. Yeah, yes. that's so great. And you're bringing up self-awareness again. And all of the types have their strengths and their challenges. <clears throat> so the secret sauce is hold on to the good and figure out where your challenges are and how you can integrate into the best of other types to, to work with that. Real quick, we're getting short on time. We're going to have to go soon. But what is one of your um, other awareness stories of the, uh, of the Enneagram, uh, an awareness story with your team? What would you say is one of those stories? Um, yeah. So with my team, I think through this process, we've learned so much about each other. Um, and um, in opening a new building, I think that we're on an incredible ride. We're just going to um, have the time of our lives when we get there. Um, there are so many different um, strong aspects that each member uh, brings to the team. And so moving on in that direction and opening that building i think it's just going to be really great this is um this time that we've spent together has um solidified our beliefs and um, ideas and values and so they're consistent with one another and so it's not just like it's what one person believes it's 
what all of the team believes. Yes. It's what all of our staff will believe. And so that's going to be a really great way to lead the next steps in our um, education for our young students that we have. That's great. Speaking with one voice. Uh, Lori, it's clear that you've put together a world-class team. I know this is just a few of of your full leadership team. If people want to learn more about you and your team and what you're doing there in Dallas Center Grimes, how what's the best way for them to connect with you? Sure. You can find Dallas Center Grimes in Iowa. If you just Google the Dallas Center Grimes, and our website is there with all of my contact information. Um, I also, email is a great way to get a hold of me, um, lori.phillips at dcgschools.com. Um, and, you know, I don't know, like, um, we are more than willing to share what we know and share what we're doing. Our chess scores are super high, um, which allows us then to also do all that creative stuff. We get to move into this new building, and we did a book study together on the power of moments. And so um, we are going to create those awesome moments at our new school. That's great. Thank you, Caitlin, Jim, Sally, and Dr. Lori Phillips, for your time and sharing your leadership expertise with us today. Lori, congratulations on your incredible honor being named Middle School Principal of the Year for the state of Iowa. And thank you to our podcast audience for tuning in to our inaugural episode of the Self-Aware Leader Podcast. We will be back with another dynamic guest in two weeks, ready to hear more stories of successful leaders sharing their experiences of leveraging their Enneagram power to accelerate their leadership success. Until then, I am Linda John, host of the Self-Aware Leader Podcast, signing off from the Tucson Business Radio X studio in Tucson, Arizona. Join us again on the Business Radio X Network for the Self-Aware Leader Podcast with coach and Vistage Chair, Linda John.